From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep, your podcast where we talk all things Catholic issues, Catholic questions, Catholic teachings. We dive deep right into the heart of all of it. And joining us today is Father Chris House. He is Chancellor of the Diocese of Springfield. He is Rector of the Cathedral of Immaculate Conception. He's a canon lawyer. You are Vicar Judicial and you're royalty? Uh, no. Yes, you are. No. Get, let's go. <laughs> we gotta. We gotta start. Going. You did a little what DNA tests or whatever it, wasn't it was. The DNA test. What it was family do? tree stuff. Yeah. Just, oh, come on. You know, you know what? That was eight hundred years ago, and that was there, and I'm here. So, so it really you are matter. a great, great, great times twenty to some king, lord, somewhere in Edward Europe. the Third. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so that and two bucks will still get me a coke at a gas station. <laughs> so. That's pretty much how it works. So my, as my father would always say, you're American. That's all that matters. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, sorry, Lord, Lord House. Um, yeah. Well, today we're going to get into uh, the death penalty. Um, this is something that came into the news a year ago when Pope Francis made an announcement uh, last summer. So what he did is. I uh, basically said the death penalty is no longer admissible under any circumstance. So a lot of questions and confusion regarding this announcement. Here we are a year later. Kind of take us back, first of all. What did he actually do? I know the media misrepresented right. some things in Surprise. there. So, so let's set the record straight. Here we are a year later. Right. There's this whole notion that the Holy Father changed the church's teaching on the death penalty. It's not so much change as development of doctrine, we would say. So we came to a deeper understanding of what this means. So in moral theology, we've always understood that the state has the authority to execute violent offenders. It's a notion of uh, protection of the defenseless, so it's a form of self-defense. Pope John Paul II, uh, Pope St. John Paul II, very much came to, was moving us to a deeper understanding, though, in his encyclical Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life, about the intrinsic quality of life in each and every individual and how that life, that right to life, even for the most egregious criminal, cannot be violated or cannot be forsaken, cannot be diminished. Um, So in writing Evangelium Vitae, John Paul II talked about how with this intrinsic nature of the value of human life that while the state has the authority to execute criminals, it, in modern circumstances, does not have the right to exercise that authority. Why? Not just because of the right to life, but also because of the fact that given modern systems of incarceration, that we are able to separate violent offenders from the general population, we are able to protect the general population, therefore the use of the death penalty was not needed. So this was the teaching, has been a consistent teaching, but very much put out there by Pope St. John Paul II. It was echoed by Pope Benedict XVI, Pope Emeritus, with both of them calling for the nations of the world to come to a consensus that the death penalty was no longer necessary or inadmissible now, as our current Holy Father, Pope Francis, talks about. So Pope Francis, continuing in that same line, has basically said, because the dignity of the human person, while we may sin against that, that dignity cannot be forfeited, the right to life remains there for everybody, in the hope of redemption and the hope of conversion for even the most hardened criminal, given modern prison systems, that 
the death penalty, its use, was no longer admissible in in the world. So that is the development of the doctrine. So now the Catechism of the Catholic Church has been updated right. with this line. Paragraph 2267. So, so. so to, challenge, to challenge this, though, is, okay, I, I think most people accept, uh, if they accept church teaching, the right to life issue. But... Most countries have modern prison systems, things like that. So, but there are still countries where they may not be or corruption. I'll point to example of El Chapo. Went to Mexico, he got out. Obviously, a violent offender. Um, so, I think some people might point out, no, that we're still not there yet. Actually, if you go worldly speaking, yeah, in the U.S., you could make that argument. But worldly speaking, some governments still may need to impose the death penalty to protect the greater good of the community. And this is and the point you're making there is where some theologians are arguing that they're voicing a disagreement with this so that the door is not completely shut because of certain circumstances like that. The Holy Father is not of the same mind. He is saying that I mean it, it is yes a general there's kind of a generalization here. There may be instances it seems it depends on how you read the text where if there was a situation where the prison system is compromised in a time of war, war would be a whole different topic. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – and it's difficult because um, the death penalty and issues such as abortion, they're not morally equal. There's not a moral equivalency here. At times we want to make that. Some people want to make that. It's not there. At the same time, though, just because there's not the moral equivalency, it doesn't mean, well, we protect children in the womb, but we can execute at will. That doesn't work either. How are we as Catholics in light of this change or adaptation now to to the catechism of the Catholic Church? How are we supposed to – are we just supposed to fall in in the line, so to speak? I mean, what if if we still support it? What if we still vote for candidates who support it? Are we now now falling into sin? How how are we as lay people now supposed to take this and and, and go forward? Well, it's not just – it's for all the Christian faithful, whether lay or clerical, religious, whoever it may be. This is the whole point. You know, we are a pro-life people. This is who we are as Roman Catholics. We are pro-life people. Pro-life means more than anti-abortion. Um. The death penalty can be a very difficult issue, though, because we know that surrounding it many times are very horrific crimes, very heart-wrenching situations, and it can be difficult for some people to come to that notion to accept that development of doctrine that even the most egregious criminal still has that right to life. So many times it's about a journey as much as a destination, trying to come to understand that, trying to own that, but seeing that each individual has the right to life. Now, of course, you have the most innocent, the most vulnerable, but even, yes, even down the line, that each person has the right to life, that that life cannot be, that right cannot be forfeited, and um, yeah, it's, it's not easy. Is it a sin to support the death penalty? When you talk about what is a sin or not, that's it all depends on understanding. It depends on it, it is. We would say no, you cannot support the death penalty. We would say that no, especially in the United States. We would argue from the theological standpoint, and of course, and people will argue against this. Some people will tell me I'm wrong. I know theologians will tell me I'm wrong, but 
when the Holy Father talks about it being inadmissible, you look at our prison system. Yes, you can argue that our prison system is overcrowded, there's problems, there's various things like that, but we are able to separate the most violent of offenders from the general population. We are able to keep them incarcerated. Therefore, at least in our society, the argument is there that it is no longer admissible. So, Father House, uh, you know, Pope Francis made this um, announcement last year. Uh, here we are a year later. Some Catholics are still thinking, you know, you hear the phrase, we change church teaching. You've already pointed out that that's not the way you're supposed to phrase it. And you use the phrase, what's the phrase again you used it earlier? Development of doctrine. Development of doctrine. Right. So what other areas then can we develop our doctrine in? If we can develop our doctrine here, why can't we develop our doctrine there? Well, it can develop in all areas. But development is not the same as a radical change. Plus, two, what are we looking at? What's the basis of it here? The basis is not so much the death penalty. It's the death penalty in respect to the sanctity of human life. That is the anchoring principle here, is the sanctity of human life, not just this life or that life, but all human life, even the sanctity of life of a violent offender. And that can be a bitter pill for people to swallow at times. But... Even the violent offender is made in God's image and likeness. So what do we come to understand more and more? What's being developed? It's the death penalty in light of the church's understanding of the gospel of life, for which the, the Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, named his encyclical. So our coming understanding of the sanctity of life. 200 years ago, we did not have the prison systems we have today. 200 years ago, we had different understandings. Our attitudes, our understandings, they change, they grow deeper by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, by the illumination of the Gospels, of the Scriptures. So we're coming to a deeper understanding. It's not so much that there's a radical shift happening here. There isn't. It's a deeper understanding, the sanctity of life, of what that means for both the most innocent and for the not-so-innocent. When we hear the phrases church teaching, church doctrine, help us define those, these phrases that we, we hear coming out of Rome and what the media uses and what we, we right. use, and, and help us understand that there are certain levels. There spell, are, spell it out for us. There's different levels. There's dogma and there's doctrine. All of it is meant to be held on to. It's not that things are debated. We would say the dogmas, the core teachings, are what are illuminated in the creed that we profess on Sundays and uh, solemnities on holy days. So those are the key theological statements, and from them come other doctrines, other doctrinal truths that flow from them. Some dog, the dogmas are they're non-debatable, they're non-negotiable. Give us an example. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the the resurrection. Okay, the resurrection of our Lord on Easter Sunday. That's not, that's not debatable. To be a Christian, to be a Catholic Christian, you have to hold to the fact that Jesus Christ, having suffered and died, rose to new life on the third day after his crucifixion. So that is a dogmatic truth, okay? Flowing from the dogmas, then, you'll have other doctrines. So in the Code of Canon Law, you'll have different levels. There's three main levels. So those which are absolutely essential, then the next level which still have to be held in a... So like the dogmas have to be believed, okay? The next level is still to be believed, but even in areas of doubt have to be embraced. 
and held on to. The third level still that requires a submission. So everything the church teaches, we're called to believe, but there is a depth of belief that's required depending on what level of teaching it is. So when it comes to this, uh, the, the death penalty, if, if we have for years accepted the death penalty, we are now called to shift our teaching, or I'm sorry, shift our thinking? Right. The whole thing was the death penalty was never the preferred option. It was a possible option. Now we're saying, given the changing of the times, it is not an option at all. And, and I know you touched on this uh, already. You think this is just a further step that stamps home the life issue for the Catholic Church. This, this solidi- I mean, I'm not going to say solidifies, but um, it, it brings that point even further, that we are from, from conception to natural death. And, that's, and that sends a very strong signal. Right. And that's the whole point. It's not just about being pro-life is truly more than being anti-abortion. Now, the defense of the most innocent, the most vulnerable, that is key. That is paramount. So like I said earlier, we're not drawing a moral equivalency between abortion and the death penalty because there is not a moral equivalency there. However, there is still a life issue when it comes to the death penalty. And the church still believes in the sanctity of life, even for those who have lived in a way that is contrary to that sanctity, who have sinned against their own human dignity. All the same, that dignity is given by God. Therefore, no earthly, no human power can take that dignity away. They can try, they can sin against it, they can wound it. That dignity is given by God. Only God can take it away, and God does not. So, Why no death penalty? Well, the sanctity of life and the hope of redemption. The church always holds out the hope of redemption for even the most hardened of souls, for even the most hardened of sinners. St. Paul constantly stresses throughout his writings in the New Testament, you know, pray that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, St. Paul is constantly striving for, for everyone to live in the hope of heaven, you know, for Sinners and saints both. I mean, that's every saint is a sinner who has been redeemed. That's what it's all about. Father Chris House, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. If you want to hear more podcasts, go to dio.org slash podcast to check out everything that we've been discussing. This has been Dive Deep from the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois.